Welcome to 500 Seconds to Joy. This is part two of my conversation with parenting coach, Rosemary Clark. You're going to love her practical tips. Just talk about wants um, and talk about wants from a new perspective. So what do we do in our society when somebody has a want, when they want something that they can't have? Immediately, we try to placate them. We try to change their mind or we try to lessen the intensity of the want. Um, and that doesn't really work because our wants are attached to our identity. So being able to handle um, a situation where we want something that we can't have is a serious life skill. And this is actually like my number one piece of advice for parents is helping their children handle disappointment, helping mm -hmm. them deal with situations that they, um, where they want something they can't have. And because what happens when our wants are attached to our identity and somebody tries to change our mind about what we want, or someone tries to change the child's mind about what they want, they're going to dig in their heels and that communication is going to get louder. Remember I said everything children do and say is communication. The second half of that premise is, and they will continue to communicate until they are understood. That's why kids keep on things. That's why they whine. That's why they say the same thing over and over again is because they want to be understood and, and we can help them feel understood by using say what you see. So what do we do when kids want something they can't have? I'll give you another example, okay? Let's say your son comes home from school and he's really upset because he didn't get invited to Bobby's birthday party, okay? And here's what we would typically say or typically hear from a parent. Um, uh, you, let's just say, okay, so they come home, they, 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 they're upset. Yeah. And there's, and you can see tears in their eyes. Okay. You can see the tears are starting. So a parent is probably going to start off with something like this. You know what? You don't really like Bobby anyway. And you just went to Jonathan's party last week. It's not that big of a deal, you know, settle down. This is typically what we do. We try to change their mind. And really it comes from a, a really good place. We want our child to feel better. We want to help them just feel better. And so we try to change their mind about their want. Here's how language of listening would tackle that situation, okay? It would sound more like this. You really wanted to go to the party. You really wanted to be invited. Of course you did. You want to be included. And look, this is so important to you. Even the tears are coming. Must be something you can do to connect with your friends on the weekend. Because this little guy, he just wants to connect with his friends. He's upset that he didn't get invited. He's feeling the disconnect. And this, this is the need that he's trying to get met is to connect with his friends. And so all of a sudden, it's okay for him to want to be invited to the birthday party. It's even okay for it to be that important to him that he's crying about it. Because once it's okay for us to cry, we usually stop. That's usually when that's usually when we're able to get a hold on our tears, not when somebody tells mm -hmm. us to stop mm -hmm. crying, but when we know it's okay that we feel really bad about something or when you know it's okay that something's that important to us. Now it's okay that it's that important to him and he has the motivation to go ahead and problem solve. And so maybe you're gonna hear from him you know what, the party's on Saturday. Can I have the guys over to the house on Sunday? And if that's okay with you, you can say sure. And if it's not okay with you, with you, maybe you come up with something like, you know what, they can't come over, but we could meet them at the park. Let's make a date to meet them at the park on Sunday. You know, and then the problem is solved and the child knows that they can handle, they can handle things when, when something happens that they, that they have something that they can't have, they can handle it. And this is a huge life skill to give kids from early on, because really, you know, being able to handle disappointment is so important, whether it's, you know, handling disappointment because we've lost a game or because we've lost a loved one, you know, we need tools to be able to move on from that situation and not get stuck in, in our feelings. So affirming the child's wants in the whining is really, really important. That's super important. So do you want me to kind of walk through the say what you see tools, um, you know, with a mom who doesn't want a whining child and a child who is whining? 
Yes, I would love that. Yeah, this is excellent. I'm taking so many notes. <laughs> oh, that's great. So yeah, if your child comes whining, again, you say what you see and say, it sounds like you want something you can't have. And just that statement, and you know, in, what, in language of listening, we try not to ask kids questions. So just mm-hmm. making that statement, sounds like you want something you can't have. They're probably going to tell you what it is. And, um, and then you can problem solve with them about how they can get it, whether it's within your boundaries or not within your boundaries. You know, you can talk about it. You want whatever it is they want. And then you can state your boundary, you know, like, so let's say they want an applesauce, but, um, you know, it's right before supper time. So you, you really want an applesauce and, um, you know, we're not going to eat, or there's no food before supper time. Uh, so you can have one after supper, you know, and hopefully they'll be okay with that and skip off. And they, they know that they're going to get the thing. You know, sometimes we're just so quick to say no to our kids. If we can find a way to say yes, even if it's a yes later and we give them the time, they can usually handle that. Like sometimes we think we can't, they can't handle it. And then, and then we end up having kids that can't handle things, right? If we affirm to them that they can handle it, you know, by just saying, yes, you can have it later and tell them when, you know, then that's really going to help a lot. And, and if you want your child to speak in a, in a normal voice, you can just say, um, you know, and, and I like it when you speak in your normal voice, you know, can you say it again in a normal voice? But the whining usually naturally stops once we start affirming our child's wants. So in a lot of cases, that's not even necessary, but sometimes I will do that. And sometimes I'll say that with my kids. Um, cause whining is sometimes it's hard to stop doing. I find that I, you know, I've caught myself whining to my husband a couple of times and I'm like, Oh, I'm feeling powerless, you know, and it's a good time. Right? It's so nice just to think like, Oh, I'm feeling powerless. And then that's showing you what need is, is needs to get met in the moment. And then you can just find a way, you know, to, to meet your need for power somehow. Um, and, and teaching your kids to get their need for power met too is so, is so awesome. So that, that was the first. So much sense. That is so excellent. I feel like everyone listening <laughs> try that this week. And I feel like whining is going to be reduced so much. And I want to hear from everybody. Please tell me how it went. And I'm going to be doing this too, because I have a three and a half year old. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. So whining, whining happens a lot. <laughs> and so um, that second, yeah. So the second piece, uh-huh. This is, um, yeah, different, but something I hear from a lot of my friends and something I've struggled with. Um, I actually reached out to some of my friends and asked them, you know, what, what are some of your parenting woes these days? And this one definitely came up. Uh, multiple times so yeah just this the the sibling (laughs) dynamics yes yeah yeah so when it comes to you know some aggression some sibling aggression um again this is a great place to talk about boundaries and and this is a great example too for me to walk through like the whole the three the the three steps in language of listening so it's a great a great place to give an example for that so um so let's just say that your daughter is angry and she hits her little brother um, and so here's, here's what say what you see would, would sound like or language of listening in general, we'll go through the three steps. So say what you see would be, you're really mad and you hit your brother. Just that, just very simply, you're really mad and you hit your brother. That's your say what you see. Then we can state the boundary and the way we state the boundaries is really interesting. So typically, you know, the language that might come out of my mouth, you know, with, for, with my daughters might be like, um, you know, you can't hit him. And we make it really personal. And then it's like, it's, it's almost like for the child, like this rule is only for you and all the world. You're the only one who has this rule, right? Mm-hmm. This is not, this is not how we want the rules to feel, right? So we keep the rules, we keep our boundaries really objective. And so when it comes to aggression, you can, it can simply be, and people are not for hitting. 
just very mm -hmm. simply and people are not forgetting and this is fantastic because this carries through on so many levels for our children like it means that it's not just her little brother she shouldn't be hitting right she really shouldn't be hitting anybody i tell i'll tell my girls they can hit tricky people though so if there's a bad person you know that's that's one time you're allowed to hit right that's the one time yes. i want you to hit those tricky people somebody tries to grab you you know but um you know also if your daughter like let's say she's on the the playground at school and some kid comes and whaps her up the side of the head she's got that rule in her head people aren't for hitting then she knows she's not for hitting too and she knows to get away from that other kid not to take that hitting go talk to a teacher you know she can handle that situation because people people aren't for hitting so there's the boundary and then the reality is is that she is mad and mad is this energy that builds up in us we all feel it as moms because it, it builds up in us and then we end up yelling right so that that energy is just mm -hmm. to find the way out and so what what our kids need is they need this new mental pathway for how what's an appropriate way to get that anger out what's an appropriate way so it might be you know a lot of times we recommend to people letting the child hit a pillow letting them stomp on the floor, getting them to, to kick a tree or run around a house. There's physical energy that has to get out because it's built up in the body. You know, the hormones are released. It's all there. Um, and it's, it's most healthy to get that out. If we stuff it down, it's going to come out somewhere later, right? And so let's say that she's good with hitting a pillow, so she hits a pillow. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to the beginning, okay, and just say it right from the beginning to the end. So say what you see is you're really mad right now and you hit your brother and people aren't for hitting. Must be something you can do to get the mad out. See if the child has any suggestions because we invite them into problem solving. Um, when kids are angry, that's generally meeting the need for power. So there's got to be another way for her to meet her need for power, to feel capable, to feel like she's got some control in her life. And if they can't come up with something that you're okay with, you know, you could suggest punching the pillow if that's one you're okay with. And let's say she goes ahead and she starts punching the pillow. Then you bring in the strength. So say what you see comes back again. And this is where we're laying out these new mental pathways. She did it physically, but we want to give her a belief about herself to hang on to. And I love this strength. It's so good. So we say, um, you know, you were really mad and you punched the pillow. You know how to get the mad out without anybody getting hurt. Isn't that a great strength? Yes. You know how to get the mad out without anybody getting hurt. What an important strength for all of us. You know, to be able to have, and especially kids where, you know, again, this, this just kind of comes out of them. They, they've got that energy. It's got to, you know, the fist starts swinging. It's got to get out. But if they know they're a person who knows how to get the mad out without anybody getting hurt, that's beautiful. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Wow. I have written all of this down. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, like, it goes back again to as parents, um, how can we get our mad out, right? So I feel like so much of our teaching our children, like you're saying, the reparenting ourselves and teaching ourselves these same skills. So developing strengths within ourselves so we can then tell ourselves, you know how to get the mad out without anyone getting hurt. And most likely it's not the physical, it's probably more so the emotional hurt yeah. of the yelling yes. or the shaming or the guilting or things like that, that damage our relationship with our children. Um, and of course there, again, please no one feel shame while I say that <laughs> the damaging, all there's there. always, we've all been there. <laughs> yep. Um, and there's always a way back to repair that relationship. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so I feel like these tools are just so, so powerful. And I really suggest everybody listening to rewind and listen to this a few times, take some notes and practice these tools. I, the great thing is that they're simple and 
it's just practicing, right? So much of what we do in parenting is practicing the good. And this is so good. I'm so grateful for you sharing your wisdom with us. And um, yeah, is there any encouragement that you want to leave our listeners with today? Um, I feel like you've given them so much to think about and so many actual tools, not just ideas and theories, but this is what you do, which is so amazing. But anything you want to leave our listeners with? Oh, yes, I would love to. And I think I'll, I'll take off on that note that you were talking about, you know, no shaming of moms, because um, we've all been there. But like, here's language of listening can swoop in and help us there too. Um, and, and the thing is, is that, you know, this is a big thing that I work on moms with too, is that our emotions are messages, whether, you know, I mean, everybody's emotions are messages, whether they're coming from kids or whether they're coming from, from, from us. And so if you remember back to the birthday example, where, you know, talking about the child's tears, and we said, this is really important to you, mama, when you get mad, when you get really frustrated, when you yell, um, this is just an escalation of your boundaries. This is just a normal, natural thing that happens. This is a message saying that you're overwhelmed right now. This is a message saying that this situation is really, really important to you and it needs your attention. That's it. That's all it is. It doesn't have to mean that you're a bad mom at all. It just means that you can learn how to better listen to your heart and the messages it's sending. And the way that you do that is to use say what you see for you. If you're in a, you know, if you're feeling like a, what do they say, a hot mess, right? You know, if you're yes. in this hot moment with your kids, right? And you're just like, it's just terrible. If you can sneak away to the bathroom and close the door, and look at yourself in the mirror, speak to yourself in the second person, which means you use the word you and you just look at yourself and you just go, you're really frustrated right now. You can't believe he did that. You say what you see for you, make it okay for you to feel how you're feeling. And when it's okay for a person to feel how they're feeling, they can move into problem solving. Once, you, once you're okay with the fact that you're really mad, this is really important to you right now. This is super frustrating. You're overwhelmed. Your brain is going to go, oh, we can switch into problem solving mode and you will find ways that work really well for you to deal with your kids in frustrating situations, you know, where you can be, where we, where you can be really pleased. I mean, the name of my, the name of my business is love the way you parent. Cause I really feel like this model can get you to a place where you really do can love the way you parent, where you're not having regret at the end of the day, where you're not feeling that old mom shame at the end of the day. Cause you yelled and you said things that you regret because you know, the value of your kids, you know, it. But these other things get in the way. So these these tools really help to get these things out of the way. Say what you see is all about getting you and your child understood. So you can practice it with them. You can practice it with yourself. If you can't use it in the moment for yourself, you know, definitely use it with your kids. It's a thing that, you know, you can use that can get your mind off your frustration and just say what you see, even if you have to say it through gritted teeth. That's okay. It's okay for kids to see people getting mad because mad is just a part of life. If you have more time later and you can grab your journal and say what you see for you with your journal, oh man, I've had the best breakthroughs in personal growth in my life by, by being able to use say what you see for me, you know, um, in journaling through that too. So it really works really, really well to help moms work through. And I love Stephanie, how you, you know, tacked on the using the strengths for yourself too. When you see yourself doing a good job, you know, you can, you can affirm that you're that kind of person and lay out those mental pathways. Again, the, the, Let's see, the second premise of language of listening says um, children act according to who they be, believe they are. And uh, same with us. We act according to who we believe we are. And so to get those mental pathways and those new beliefs about who we are and who they are, you know, for all of us all together, it's really, really powerful. It is. Yes, Rose, this was so amazing. And just to, just to affirm what you said about the journaling, I 100% agree. And I suggest that everybody listening just find 
any journal. It doesn't have to be pretty or fancy. Something. And this week, as you're practicing this, hopefully you took notes. Um, if not, rewind, take some notes. Um, and then, you know, practice these this week. Um, practice these methods and, you know, journal how it's making you feel. Journal your strengths about your children, about yourself. Um, I think it's just so, so powerful. And I love helping people just kind of put action for what they've heard. So I think mm -hmm. that would maybe be a good action item for this week, um, which is just journaling out your thoughts, journaling out how, how all this went, and then making sure to affirm yourself, lovely mamas, because you were doing an amazing job and you do have some strengths and you need to remember them and highlight them, write them down <laughs> and read them mm -hmm. every day like affirmations for yourself. So, Can I hop in there for a quick so, second, Stephanie? Yes, please do. Especially the things, especially the strengths that you don't believe you have. When you start yes. looking for them, you can find them. Even if it's just teeny tiny, you can find them and then say what you see, that you did that thing. That's the proof that you have that strength and then affirm that strength in yourself and it will start showing up everywhere. And then you'll know you actually have that strength. You do. Yes. Oh, I agree so much. Thank you, Rose. I'm so grateful that you've taken time to chat with us and to share everything you've shared. It's just been such a wonderful, just oh, joyful conversation for me. So thank you. And I know people want to connect with you after this, um, learn more about working with you and what you do as a parenting coach. So where can they go to find all that information about you? Yeah, sure. So first off, if people just, they just know they want to connect with me, they'd like to chat with me. I work one-to-one -one with moms. Um, I, I do these free 45-minute connection calls just to kind of chat with moms and see if we'd make a good fit for coaching. Uh, during the call, uh, get the moms to talk to me about, you know, where they're at right now, where they'd like to be, what's going to take for them to, you know, love the way they parent. And through what they say, the way that we, we talk together, I'm able to figure out what the blocks are that are keeping them from um, getting to that, that place where they want to be. And we talk about what it would look like to work together to remove those blocks. And if the mom feels like, yes, she wants to work with me to, to remove those blocks, great. We can talk about working together for 12 weeks. Um, or if the mom's like, no, I know the blocks. I think I can handle this on my own. Great. Then I've helped her kind of uncover those blocks and uh, supported her in, her in her motherhood. So I'm, I'm happy to do those calls with people. You can set up a call with me at afteraces.com. So A-F-T-E-R-A-C-E-S, afteraces.com. And then click on Love the Way You Parent. That'll take you to the page where you can schedule a free connection call. I'm very active in my Facebook group called Love the Way You Parent. So if you go to Facebook and search Love the Way You Parent, you can you can hop into that free group. Um, I'm on Instagram too, Love the Way You Parent with dots in between the words. And then I want to let people know too, you can always go to languageoflistening.com. Um, this is the, the website by the founder of Language of Listening. Her name is Sandy Blackard. She is amazing. I think she's an absolute genius uh, about the way that um, human beings work, adults and kids. And uh, you can actually read her book for free on her website. You can order her book on Amazon too. It's simply called Say What You See. It's an award-winning book. Uh, she's got lots of blog posts on there. So there's tons of resources out there for, uh, for mamas to start to learn and start to implement um, these, uh, these tools and these new thoughts. And again, if they want someone to walk with them, I'm here to do that. I teach the art of, um, of using the tools and also help mamas to remove you know, the mental blocks and, and get some new mental pathways 
um, laid out for them so that it just comes naturally and easily. Again, I think at the beginning I talked about, you know, it's not about forcing yourself to have more self-control to stop the yelling and the shaming and the threats. It comes naturally. It comes naturally when you start to have these new mental pathways. Incredible. Thank you so much for being here, Rose. I've enjoyed oh, it so much. Yes. Yay.